This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Bet and Breakfast, a podcast from BetSided. Hey, does anybody want coffee? Who wants coffee? It's sports betting for everyone. I'm here to tell you today that the New York Yankees season is done. Stick a fork in them, it's over. Lamar Jackson, I can't believe he's that low on the list that he's my bet for sure at this point in the season. Early leans, best bets, props, parlays. If you can bet it, we've got it. I'm taking the over on this. If you look at the last five games, this is a game waiting for points to be scored. Tom Brady, I think everyone's heard of him. If Brady puts up the numbers, they have the 10th easiest schedule the rest of the way. Get in, get out, and you're ready to go. I think they're going to have to give him the award if Dallas ends up locking up this division and possibly even that number one seed. And here are your hosts, Ben Heisler, Ian McMillan, Peter Dewey, Donovan Smoot, and Reed Wallach. What comes before anything? What have we always said is the most important thing? Breakfast. Family. I thought you meant the things you need. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the uh, the new weekend time of Bet and Breakfast. Saturdays and Sundays, we're going live at 11 a.m. Eastern. Today is the Saturday version. First time I've worked on a Saturday in a while, Reed. I'm excited because we have a jam-packed slate of sports today. A lot of stuff to bet on. Um, and we are also this week, we're going to be starting our, uh, new show. What is it? The daily slip. I should know that. Daily. Don't know it off the top of my head. The daily yeah, great slip, promotion. Daily bet slip, daily bet slip. DBS <laughs> <laughs> starting this week. That's going to be our show from Monday to Friday. Uh, so make sure to check that out. Um, already beers and bow ties chiming in the live chat. I hope they give some, the Gri- Grizzlies some credit. We'll see. We are going to get in some NBA playoffs. <laughs> Good weather, at least here in New York. Beautiful weather, Reed. Me and you are both in New York. Um, how how are you going to spend the day? I know you're going to go to the Nets game. Are you? Yeah. You're going to have a couple a couple of drinks. Go to the Nets game. Are you just going to focus on NBA playoffs today? Are you going to going to bet on some other things? How are you going to enjoy the day today? Yeah. So obviously, you know, inside for most of the day, you know, work and getting stuff up on bet sided. But we're talking post game. Uh, right after I get off. I'm going to probably need to be heavily sedated for this basketball game. This is back against the wall. My pride and joy. I got my Jason Kidd jersey. I always do this wrong. My Jason Kidd jersey over there. Uh, Big Nets fan, obviously down 0-2, need a win tonight. So I'm expecting a very stressful evening. I mean, every Nets game for me is stressful. But, like, one of my buddies texted me yesterday, and he's like, Reed, like, you pump for the game tomorrow? And I go – I call it more like fear and dread, but you know, right. I, yeah, we always, you know, rally the troops. I, you know, we'll get into kind of my Nets handicap and how I see everything playing out. But yeah, this is it. Go down 0-3, you're cooked. So uh, this is it. You know, got I got to win game three, one game at a time. Hope to get both at home and you know make this a three game series. I relate to that because the NHL playoffs here are starting in about 10 days or so, and yeah. I'm dreading it because I'm just not looking forward to the Maple Leafs because I know they're going to break my heart again. So I I, I relate to that and the fact that uh, it's not necessarily excitement uh, ahead of a yeah. game. It's a little, little bit more fear, a little bit more anxiety. So um, on, a day, I, on a day like today, though, what's like your ideal like day? I guess a lot of sports going on. Like, Are you going out? Are you trying to watch the games like in, on a public setting? Do you like – just like sitting inside with like all the TVs and monitors set up. Like what is your go-to beautiful day, heavy sports calendar? So I guess like not like 
dead of summer. I'm talking like spring, like right now. What are you trying to do? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to today because obviously we're working. I'd like to yeah. head to a bar and have a few beers in the afternoon. I'm more of a sports bar in the afternoon kind of guy yeah. and then watch at home at nighttime because I think sports bars get a little rowdy at nighttime. Uh, and I like to kind of lock into the TV a little bit more. So, yeah, um, lots of bets, though. The mornings, just like this morning was eat breakfast, have a coffee, figure out your bets for the day. I've got seven bets locked in, I think, across three different sports. Uh, jam-packed day. I have five. Well, I guess... One is like this. The, I bet an underdog. We'll get into it. An underdog and the money line, but I count that as like the same bet, kind of. It's two different ones, but like I kind of group those together. Do so you do you do you think about how many bets you place? Because I always want to place an odd number of bets because I hate going like three and three and then like you being like down like half a unit. Like I need to go either like four and three or like three and two or two and three during like college sports, like a Saturday, which like that's kind of my cup of tea. I always need like a number where if I say it, like, I mean, I obviously bet at like high volume, but I'm looking for like one, I need like the schedule. Like I kind of need everything in a window. You know, like if I don't have a game on like right. in the three thirty slate, like maybe I'll kind of force the issue and get one in there. So I have something going on. Right. But like if I sit there and I'm like, I just have like on a college football Saturday, like, all right, I only have seven bets. I'm like, that's like just not going to get it done for me today. Like I need to like up that up. That's like rookie numbers. Like, let's go. Let's like push this to double digits. Uh, now, before we get into our picks for today, we, I do want to recap a little NBA action from last night. Uh, I'm going to be leaning on you because I've said many times before, I'm hashtag not an NBA guy. I uh, understand Kyle Lowry got hurt last night. The Heat dropped a game uh, to the to the Hawks. Uh, any thoughts on that? It was a yeah. one-point win, wasn't it? It was a close game. Yeah. Uh, Hawks, defensive stop, 10 seconds. Trey Young comes down, hits a floater. Hawks win. Obviously, uh, they were down 0-2, so they get that lift now. So they have a big game for coming up um, in a couple of days. But yeah, the Kyle Lowry injury, obviously massive. Teams are dropping like flies here. And that's, unfortunately, it seems like always the story of the NBA playoffs. You always have, you know, teams getting injured. I mean, now what? We got Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, Luka Doncic has been hurt. Now Kyle Lowry. I didn't see a report on when he's going to be back, but it's a hamstring injury. And Kyle Lowry's up there in ages, a lot of mileage. I think you could, unless it's nothing, but it seemed like, it's going to be at least a few games. I'd put him doubtful to come back this series, especially with a player like that. I think that he'd have enough to get by this series, but it's not going to be easy. You know, Trey Young, obviously a microwave. He could go off the Hawks. Really, they're one of the best. And, you know, I gave as my best bet yesterday, the Hawks money line. I thought they were going to win, not in, at the buzzer, not at nearly the buzzer, but the Hawks 27 and 14, now 28 and 14 at home this season. Um, they go from minus 1.7 on the road to now plus five, probably a little bit less than that, uh, net rating. So they go from a bottom 10 team to a top 10 team home and road split. So obviously I, I, it's going to be tough because they don't have home court or anything, but the Hawks could get a little frisky in the series. And this series could go a little bit longer, especially when you compare it to the Sixers potentially sweeping. Gets a little interesting for the Heat, especially if they don't have Larry for the next few games. Uh, Winbet still thinks Heat has it in the bag. Minus eight twenty-five is a is the new odds uh, for them to win the series against the Hawks. So that that win last night didn't scare yeah. the odds makers too much. Let's move on to a different series uh, that is now two-one. The Bucks without Chris Middleton win big in Chicago. Uh, interested to hear your thoughts on this read because I, I did a stream with Donovan and Peter on Thursday after the Chris Middleton injury news came out and about the Devin Booker injury news. Uh, complete opposite opinions. Donovan thought uh, the Bucks were still going to be fine without Chris Middleton. Uh, Suns were still going to be fine without Devin Booker. Peter flipped 
uh, went the opposite direction. And I think in your guys' NBA stream, his prediction for the NBA Finals was uh, a rematch last year, Suns and Bucks. In my live stream with him on Thursday, he completely switched both teams. Uh, now <laughs> he's saying the Warriors and uh, the Heat. So the okay. two injuries to Devin Booker and Chris Middleton scared Peter. Last night it uh, it didn't go his way, though, because the Bucks won big without Middleton. Thoughts on that game? Yeah, I if I were to say before, obviously last night, obviously we now have results, but I would have said the Pelicans are a little bit more live than the Bulls. So I'm not necessarily surprised. Obviously, Bucks winning by 30 is a surprise because they closed about two and a half point favorite. So obviously a massive beatdown. That game was over from the tip, basically. Um, so I'm not surprised that the Bucks were able to get some separation. The Middleton injury, it seems like he's going to have two to four weeks. So that could linger into this next series. I do think, though, the Bucks have enough. I think they still win these next two games and get out in five. But... Again, I didn't take the Bucs to go to the finals. I obviously took the Nets because no bias whatsoever, just completely objective opinion on the Nets right. going to the finals. Of course. But I did have my reservations about the Bucs because their defense has been overrated all season. Now, you fact, like the Nets played the Bucs last year in the postseason, obviously. And to me, the Bucs, you know Giannis is going to give you like 30 and 15 in the playoffs, right? You know he's that great. He's a Greek freak. I understand that. He's unbelievable. But Middleton scares me more. Because Middleton and Drew Holiday, they go through these stretches where they can't shoot. Game one, they shot terribly. Game two, they didn't play so well. Middleton got hurt. So Middleton, though, when he's on, all of a sudden Giannis and Middleton combined, that gets up to 60 points, 70 points. That changes a series because you're not relying as much on your Grayson Allens and your Pat Connaughton's. You have Chris Middleton going off. So Middleton being out, that is a massive, massive injury. I think they get past the Bulls. But going forward, that next series against the Celtics or the Nets – it gets a little nervy for this Bucks team that isn't as good on the defensive end as they were last year. And then the Suns, they also have their issues in the next round. If they get the Mavs and Luka Doncic looks healthy, this Suns team, they've outperformed without Booker. So that's why they should be able to also get by, especially avoiding kind of a letdown, trappy spot, first game on the road. That was a very resilient win. Chris Paul's great, but Chris Paul's gotten banged up in the postseason before. We've seen this stuff before. There's added miles on him. So the Suns with a a Mavericks team that is starting to find their stride. And Luka Doncic's probably coming back today. Um, we'll see how healthy he is. But I think the Mavs are live to get past the Suns, especially if this Booker injury trickles into the next round. Because like a strained hamstring, and you don't need to be an NBA guy to know this, like that's not just going away. You're like he's Devin Booker's not going to be 100% the rest of the postseason. He's going to be playing on a bad wheel the rest of the, you know, through June. So we'll see how the Suns manage this injury. But – yeah, I, I think both these teams have issues. I don't know if I'm going to stand off and go Pete and just completely flip, but definitely cause for concern going through this postseason. Do the Pelicans still have a chance, or do they? was their kind of uh, their chance last night and they blew it? I think that was kind of their chance last night and they blew it. Let's talk a little NBA action today before we get into our picks. Uh, 76ers, Raptors. I'm, I'm going to say right now, Raptors are going to be the first team to come back down 3-0. How about that? No Canadian bias in me at all. You can get them at win bet at 25 to 1. Uh, I don't even know if that's good value, to be honest. It's something that's literally never happened in the NBA playoffs. Uh, yeah, I don't know if uh, Can they come back, though? Uh, there is a Joel Embiid injury. Apparently, he, what, tore his thumb well, or did something to his thumb? So, weirdly enough, he's not getting an MRI. They just, like, don't want to know. They're like, oh, don't tell, don't tell us. We know it's hurt, but just don't. I don't want to know the severity. But he says he's going to play. It's in his shooting hand. It's likely torn. I believe I'm not gonna say it's definitely. I'm 
pretty sure it's torn ligaments in his right in his right hand, his shooting hand. He's gonna. It's gonna be a pain tolerance thing. He's gonna play threes. It's you know he plays through injuries all the time. I'm not gonna say the Raptors are gonna do it. I'm not gonna stake my claim. I'm not gonna take him 25 to one. But if there is a team that could blow the first ever 3-0 lead, this like it's the perfect storm for the Raptors. Like a frisky, physical, tough team, well coached. So let me. I will let me like set it up. This will be how it happens. Embiid's play is like severely hampered. Let's say he drops to like 75%, right? Like, so he's still going to be amazing. He's still going to play very well. The Raptors still don't have a body for him. He's going to get to the free throw line a lot, but he's going to be playing hurt. So maybe his minutes go down or he has to leave a game or two, you know, to get to the locker room and like do whatever, get taped up again. Then you have Doc Rivers, who has been on the wrong side of, I know two, I believe it's just two, three, one blown leads. And also James Harden, who has his playoff loss too. And we know James Harden is not the same James Harden. So I think the Sixers need to put this away today. I think they play at two o'clock. They're laying three, three and a half. I'll I let you know in one second. The the I Raptors, got futures in front of me. They you don't three. want the rep. Yeah, you don't want the Raptors to linger in the series because the Sixers, it's almost like they're start, they're gonna deteriorate as the series goes on. This is something that you can kind of foresee as the series goes longer, you're going to give the Raptors a little bit of life. They're a little bit younger, a little bit more house money type of feel. Like if you're the Sixers, you don't want this getting back to Philly where it's 3-1 all of a sudden. And then like the Raptors, they might get Scotty Barnes back. They have some momentum all of a sudden because the Raptors should have won game three. They missed free throws at the end of the game and they lost and Embiid hit a crazy, um, essentially buzzer beater. So I – I wouldn't say it's a must win for the Sixers because you got to win one of four. It's going to be tough, obviously. And I don't think 25 to one is enough, but like I could see it. I could definitely, like if you told me in two weeks, like, oh my God, the Raptors just won in seven. Like I, yeah, that, that sounds about right. Given the characters here. I love it. I uh, want to get to the segment read that I've been uh, looking forward to the most. Uh, Cause you are noted 99th percentile Nets fan. Uh, heading down two two nothing, coming back to Brooklyn. Are the Brooklyn Nets finished? Are they done? Are you worried? No. That, no that's <laughs> Come on, you got to be a little worried. I'm petrified, but I will say, <laughs> I will say, like, okay, do you want my? Do you want that glass half full opinion, or do you want the glass half empty opinion? Like, I'll, I'll give you both sides of it, because I think that there there are two ways to look at how this series has gone so far and how to look at it going forward. Start with glass half full, and then give me glass half empty. Okay. So, Kevin Durant, who, in my opinion, and I, I don't think it's a crazy opinion. What do you do, 0 for 10 in the fourth quarter or something? 0 for 10 in the second half. So, tough. yeah, that's, a, that's an ultra-tough scene. But he played his two D games, right? He played two terrible basketball games. The Nets lost game one at the buzzer and in like a crazy sequence. And then they led by 17 and led by, I believe, five in the fourth quarter and still only lost by seven. So they lost by a combined eight points and Kevin Durant hasn't played well. Do yeah, I is think he not Kevin, playing well or is the Celtics defense, which has been the top defense all season, just shutting him down? No, the Celtics defense is like completely taking him out of his game. And, you know, the fourth quarter of game two, it became – Durant and Kyrie just didn't trust their teammates, and I could get into this with the pessimistic take, but they were just chucking up shots. They weren't passing the ball. It was iso ball. I'm going to dribble into three guys and throw it up and hope it goes in. So they lost their composure, and again, that, that gets a negative side. But 
They lost two games on the road in a hostile environment by eight points. And of the two stars, one of them played a good game across the two. So they're one for four in terms of their superstars playing well. So all you come back home, maybe we get a bump from the home crowd. Maybe the role players play a little better. Maybe Durant and Kyrie kind of find their footing. Robert Williams might play, and that's obviously a problem. But they like in theory, they were supposed to lose these two games. You know what I'm saying? Like they were underdogs in both. What? What do you mean they're supposed to lose? No, I'm saying that like nothing has necessarily changed from the first two games. Like right. if you think about it, the home team is like. Uh, the common saying is a team a series doesn't start till a team loses on their home floor. So a series hasn't necessarily started yet. I'm just saying you can't just say the what that's a thing. No, I like it, man. I like it. I like. I'm giving this is a glass half full take. This is this is optimistic. <laughs> so now you're coming back home. You think Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, they play better in front of the home crowd. They get some momentum going. They're due for a good game. So you win game three. Like yes. I'm not saying it's going to be easier in an 0-2 hole, but you can't just say it's finished. Obviously, you lose tonight, it's done. It's over. You're, it's a, We're done here. And they'll probably get swept too. But there's cause for optimism. They lost by eight and they didn't even play well. I think we've seen the Celtics play at an incredibly high defensive level. And yes, I think they can hold that up. But can you keep Kevin Durant down for this many games? Can Kevin Durant figure it out? He is one of the best players on earth. And like, you know, obviously – Tough look going over 10 in the second half. But again, this is one of the, like the best players of all time. It, if he could figure this out, the series looks a little bit different. So I don't think that we can necessarily write the nets off just yet. But yes, there are a lot of grim outlooks for this. And now I could give you my glass half empty take if you want it. Of course. I I like glass half empty takes. I'm, I, I, I enjoy those more, to be honest. So the glass half empty take is that Celtics head coach Ime Odoka he is he was on the Nets coaching staff last year. He was our assistant coach. Yeah. And he's running circles around Steve Nash. And I believe the Nets lost the first two games, not necessarily be, like direct result of like Durant playing bad and Kyrie playing bad and all that. It's because one team is a cohesive unit that went on this crazy run since New Year's and they have a lot of chemistry and a lot of belief in one another, while the Nets are a very talented group of players that don't have trust in each other. In the fourth quarter, the ball stuck to Kyrie and Duran. That was it. They didn't pass the ball to Bruce Brown, who was playing fantastic, to Goran Dragic, who was playing fantastic, to Seth Curry, who was playing very well. It was just them two. They don't trust their role players. So is that going to change? Are you going to see kind of a more cohesive Nets team? Like there is like the, oh, they could just flip the switch. We've seen it before, but where is it? And then the next question, I think they lost these two games because of a lack of composure, which to me starts at, it starts with coaching. Obviously, you're two stars, but Steve Nash has looked in. in over Don't come at my boy Steve Nash, Reed. I won't stand Listen, for that. I have given Steve Nash the benefit of the doubt because obviously the season has been full of a lot of curveballs, but he does look a little in over his head here, which can Steve Nash rally the troops to get a full 48 out of them? Not to mention you have to go four out of five now. Four out of six, sorry. You have to win four out of six now. So can they get that level for enough minutes to actually win this series? So – and the post-game press, like, I don't – you can't read necessarily, like, too much into post-game, you know, press conference because, you know, you have them every game. But the, I'll do a little body language doctor here, a little uh, see what's going on. They the, Like, Kyrie Irving saying, like, you know, it's just Boston's time. They're really peaking together. They've played a lot together. Like, you know, 
Emay's a fantastic coach. He's, you know, was with our staff last year. You know, he knows how to beat us, blah, blah, blah. Like, it did feel a little bit like like a resignation that they know they're in inevitable doom. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like, um, you know, we lost two on the road. We're going back home for two. We're going to get those back. And, you know, we're going to make this. A, like, it didn't, they didn't inspire confidence in me, which I, isn't the end all be all, but I would have liked to hear him, you know, give a little bit more intensity in the post game presser. So not to mention Nets are a little bit short. They got Robert Williams coming back, who in my opinion should have been the defensive player of the year. Obviously he got hurt. So yes, there are a lot of things going on against the Nets, but ultimately, and I'll close with this, just win tonight, win game three, and then let's see what happens in game four. Because you got to win. I'm more, I'm not getting ahead of myself, but I do think the Nets should win tonight. And that's about, can you follow it up with game four and actually make this a series? Because you got to get both of these now. Reed, when the Betsided crew met in New York City, we had a debate about who are the best pound-for-pound basketball players on planet Earth. And the consensus between all you guys, and I, once again, hashtag non-NBA guy, was Kyrie Irving, Irving and Kevin Durant. And now here they are down 0-2 to the Boston Celtics. How does that happen, man? They're supposed to be the two best play- basketball players on planet Earth, and they're losing. Boston in the series. Boston's getting really physical. They're they're the defensive team that was. If you're the best pound for pound player on the world, I, that shouldn't listen, matter. You should be able to. No, overcome I that. agree. You can't give them a pass. They play terrible, but you know, you got to trust them. That's why they're the best. Like, I, I, you can't write them off just yet. You can't. We, is there we window saw closed last year. If, they, if they don't move on, or is there a window closed for a championship? I would say it's closed, but I, I ultimately, I do think Nash gets fired. I, I think that's going to happen. I don't know. Are KD I'm and Kyrie say, coming back? I don't know what their contracts yeah. are. Do they both? Kyrie has a player option. The Nets were going to extend him, but then the whole vaccine thing happened. So that, yes, Durant signed the extension last year, so he's here for another four years. And him and Kyrie are like best friends. Like you can look at like if the, this season will obviously be an unmitigated failure and will have taken years off of my life, but well. A lot of things have gone against them. It's been a year from hell in terms of the vaccine mandate, James Harden's decline in trade requests, and like whatever that was, and injuries to Durant. So there have been a lot of things standing in their way, and I think Nash gets scapegoated. But at the same time, I think they are going to need a little bit of an overhaul here. We'll see what happens with Ben Simmons. Will he ever even – I I would not say with certainty. Maybe he plays in game four. If they go down 0-3, I think that would be a little stupid, but whatever. Um there's definitely a chance, and I said this when the Nets trade for him, especially after he got hurt. There's a chance Ben Simmons never plays a game for the Nets. We, we don't need to get into that right now. I'm sure we'll talk about it if the Nets get eliminated. I'll keep it at if. But uh, there's like the Simmons aspect of this. Does he come back? Because that's a defensive player of the year, and the Nets haven't had a chance to play with him yet. So we'll see how it goes. But it's definitely been obviously a difficult year, and I don't think that they're just going to like stand pat and run this back. I think that there would be changes going into next year. All right, let's get into today's betting action, Reed. We got every, a ton of sports. What? NBA, yeah, we're across the board here. MLB, NHL. Uh, how many different sports do you have a bet placed on today? I have three. I have you three. Have, no, two, two, two. I have UFC and NBA. No MLB. No MLB for, for you today. That I leaned on you for that. You went to uh, you went to the Mets game the other day. How was that? Fantastic. First game of the year for me. I uh, took Eduardo Escobar. Good. Yeah, Mets are, Mets are a sneaky wagon, but they do this in every April. So I'm tempering expectation, but they do look very good. Uh, bet the Mets, bet the over, took Eduardo Escobar to hit a homer. He did. That was great, plus 560. So that was a 
good day at the office. They won six two over seven and a half Mets money line. So three and zero. Oh. Uh, what's your pick to win tomorrow's Amelia Romagna Grand Prix? Oh, uh, <laughs> no! You, I, you don't have to answer. I, I read yours. Some his last name starts with a C, right? No, nah, not really. No, kind oh, of. Okay, no. Really. He was the favorite. He's like plus one twenty. Charles Leclerc. Look. Le- Claire, yes. <laughs> but yeah, I like Leclerc to take him home. What about the big Geico 500, man? Everyone's getting ready for the Geico 500. Oh, Kevin Harvick for sure. <laughs> Dirt, when, like, All right, let's get really deep. I got into like a deep NASCAR phase. So yeah, because NASCAR is yeah, one of the first things that came back. So yeah, and Kevin Harvick was like my go-to bet, and he won like three, and I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the sickest thing ever. I, I love, love NASCAR. Uh, let's get into our best bets for today. Uh, I think what we're both going to do is break down our best bet, but then give rapid fire what our other picks are for the day. So let's start with you, Reed. Uh, I know your best bet, and we'll we'll start off with that, is an NBA player prop. Yeah, so I'm going to take Rudy Gobert under 29.5 points, rebounds, and assists. Pra, as I like to call it. And how I bet, because I don't do a lot of NBA player props during the year unless the spot really calls for it, but... Watching all these playoff games, you could see particular substitution patterns, particular adjustments on the fly. And first, Rudy Gobert has not cleared this number the entire series. So that's to start. So he's underperformed the entire series in terms of this prop. But also we saw in game three, the Jazz went away from Gobert, who was minus 16 on the floor. And they made their run in the second half. They played much better. They went small ball and kind of just said, you know what? Gobert's rim protection has been mitigated because Maxi Kleber for the Mavs is standing out on the perimeter. There's no point. Let's just go all offense and try and outscore them. And this is it for Utah. And I think Quinn Snyder might be out of a job after this year. This team is likely heading for a breakup in some respect. So I think Quinn Snyder might just say, whatever. Like, Rudy, you're going on the bench. You're going to play limited minutes. So I'm on his unders. If you could find at particular books, I will be playing his alt-unders. I think we see his minutes cut in half this game. Yeah, I think all thunders. Yeah, I I did this with Steven Adams in game two of the Grizzlies series because I saw the adjustment for the Grizzlies to make off of a loss was no Steven Adams. He ended up only playing three minutes and all of his alt unders obviously hit. It was fantastic. So I'm going for it again here with Gobert. This is like my favorite bet. I'm taking under 29 half pro, but sprinkling on like alt unders, like whatever you could find. There's a chance Gobert like finds himself on the bench for the majority of the game because this is a desperation game for the Jazz. They need this game. I think they go like radical and completely change their scheme. And we saw them have success with Gobert on the bench. So all of that setting up for unders on Rudy Gobert. All right. Let's hear let's hear the rest of your picks for today. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. Okay. I took OG Ananobi over 18 and a half points. Scored 20, 26, 26 in the first three games. Don't really see a reason why to go away from it. This number's been like ticking up by like a point each game. Go with it. And then I took the Mavs on the spread. There's better numbers out there than I did because I read the line. I read misread the market. But I have plus four and a half, and I sprinkled on the money line because I think the Jazz are ultimately cooked. And in the UFC, I took Cameron Else um, as a big – you don't like that? No, I no, I, I don't hate it at all. Yeah, took that. I got plus 198. I'm not – certain what Wimbet has, um, but you should bet at Wimbet. Um, they have else at plus 190. So I still like it at plus 190. I think else, I think this fight is more of a coin flip than anything. I think else can get a finish here. And then my favorite bet, I put two units on it. I like 
Clay Guida uh, in the co-main at UFC, minus 110. Yeah. Oh, Reed. Why? You went with uh, Wellis? Oh, yeah. Yes. One of my best bets of the card, man. Oh, I love it. All right. little, little jab, head -head cross -hook on, jab cross hook on a Saturday. But yeah. um, I, didn't, I, I, didn't, well, I wasn't on Wednesdays, but I did get you with uh, Fialho. I got him. Yes. I got you there. So let's make that two in a row against you. I like Clay Guida. I think he pushes the pace. I think this Puelas guy kind of stinks. So give me Clay Guida. That's my favorite bet for the UFC. Amy's on Clay Guida as well. For those watching, if you want to see more, uh, some UFC breakdowns, uh, head over to uh, watch Jab Cross Hook after, um, after we're done here. I think it's on the fan side of the MMA YouTube channel. Any other picks? And that's it for me. All right. Maybe we'll, like, we'll tweet all these out after from the bet side of the account or something. Yeah, sounds good to me. Uh, my best bet on a little Major League Baseball. We brought up the Mets before. I'm taking them on the run line today uh, against the Diamondbacks at even money. I watched these two teams play in New York last Sunday. Uh, and the guy who was pitching for the Diamondbacks, hum Humberto Castellanos, he stinks. <laughs> well, the Diamondbacks, uh, Mets were, Diamondbacks in general stink. He's, yeah. he, he did fine against the Mets, actually, but the Mets were getting contact on him. They just, it was a windy day. They couldn't get out of the ballpark. It kept going to the warning track and getting caught. I'm telling you, this Humberto Castellanos guy stinks. So I'm going to fade him as much as possible. Diamondbacks dead last of the majors right now. They have a batting average of 180. That team sucks. Yeah. Uh, no, they're, they're fading the Diamondbacks almost all season. No, I like and Mets that. are fourth in batting average, so I kind of like the Mets right now. Yeah, we're rolling right now. I think Mets are going to be Mets. my New York team. Go do Mets. It. And what else? You got? Uh, so that's my that's my best bet for the day. Let's do a little rapid fire here. I got six other bets. Ooh. Starting starting in the in the NHL, a little hockey action. Fading my Maple Leafs once again. I have no faith in their goaltending. I'm seriously still waiting for a phone call from them. I might get called up to play goalie for them because nobody, they, none of the goalies can stop a beach ball. It's it's unbelievable. Now they take on the best offense in the NHL. Panthers are scoring four point three goals per sixty minutes. It's a little juicy, but I'll take Panthers minus one fifty. White Sox Twins. I'm going over eight and a half minus one twenty. Uh, I think we're going to see the, the, both offenses have been slow this year, but I think we're, we're going to see them open up today. Vince Velasquez stinks for the White Sox. Garbage. And Dylan Bundy somehow has been fantastic through his first two starts. I don't see that keeping up. Uh, neither bullpen's great either. White Sox 15th in bullpen ERA. Twins are 28th. Uh, going back with my Blue Jays, I might be fading my Maple Leafs, but I will back my Blue Jays here. Alec Manoa uh, is pitching 1.5 ERA through his first two starts. I wrote at BetSided earlier this week about how I think Alec Manoa is a legitimate Cy Young candidate. I think I think you should bet on him now. Uh, I think he's still at 15-1 to 1 last I saw him this week. And Houston's offense, surprisingly bad this year. 28th in batting average, 22nd yeah, in no yes. So, uh, so I like the Blue Jays there, minus 114 at win bet. I already gave you Mets minus one and a half. And then my three other picks are a little UFC action here. Uh, and these, I believe these were the same three people that I gave out in uh, Jab Cross Hook this week. So watch that if you want a little bit of a further breakdown on these fights. But first one is Marcin Prechnio, minus 120 against Philippe Linz. Uh, I think he's Polish. A little bit of a tough name to pronounce there. <laughs> but this is, a, this is a stats. This is a stats bet. Uh, Prichnio, he's lands 6.28 significant strikes per minute, has an accuracy of 51%. Philip Linz only lands 2.66 significant strikes per minute, accuracy of 40%. Uh, Prichino also has a better strike defense rate too, 57% compared to 49%. So I like that. At a little over a pick, I'm at minus 120. Uh, going against your uh, Clay Guida, your pick, minus 110, Claudio Puelis. 
The average age of opponent in Clay Guida's last three wins is 40 years old. But like, I love it. I love Clay Guida, the carpenter. He's one of the OGs of the sport, one of my favorite fighters of all time. But now he's fighting a guy in his 20s, and the last time that he fought a guy who was in his 20s was uh, Char- Charles Oliveira. He was in his 20s when they fought, and he submitted them in the first round. Now, I'm not saying yeah, this guy no, is Charles tra- Oliveira. Lightweight champion. But Clay Guida has been getting very favorable matchups recently, and this one's not favorable. Like he fought I, BJ Penn a few fights ago. Like this, like I, I, I love Clay Guida, but like when he fights legitimate fighters, he loses. Okay, is this guy Puyas that legitimate of a fighter? He's being he's being trash cans. I don't. That's think, why I, mean, I don't like it. I, I think Guida could be, he Guida could beat up on like inferior competition. He can't beat anyone better than. You can't no, like man, he, perform expectations. Young guys are just too dynamic for him, man. This guy's he, he's on a four fight win streak. One of the four wins is for is yeah, against this week's one of them. Ja- against Jab Cross Hook guest uh, Jordan Levitt. Jordan Did Levitt's no can. Jordan Levitt's three and one in the UFC. I don't like it. This guy, he's, like this guy's it. on a four fight win streak. Four and one in the UFC. He's young. He's hungry. He's dynamic. Guida's gonna be I'm running good. all. Guida's gonna be running up all. All up and down the octagon. He's gonna push a crazy done, pace. I wish they would. They should just keep giving Clay Guida guys who are his own age. Because I love Clay Guida. I want to see him keep fighting, but they can't feed him. But you're gonna see him keep fighting after he gets a win in this one. No. <laughs> uh, and then I'm gonna do a little two unit bet uh, on the main event. The price has moved. I got it earlier this week at minus two hundred. That's Jessica Andrade against Amanda Limos. I think she's being Jessica's being undervalued in this fight because she's two and three in her last five. But those three losses have come to Valentina Shevchenko, Rose Noma Yunus, and Weile yeah. Zhang, probably the three best women fighters in the in the promotion. So, uh, twenty-two wins, not- sixteen finishes. I think Amanda's way. Amanda Lemos is way over her head. So, two-unit bet. It's a juicy one, but that's why I'm putting two units on it. I'm that confident. Uh, Jessica Andrade minus two hundred. Yeah, I think she's no, minus two twenty-five now. Yeah, I I wrote up like a. I don't have a bet on it. I like wrote up a little preview for it. Like Lemos is her win equity is all in like the first round. Cause like, she's obviously an incredibly dangerous striker. She could finish and Drudge. I don't think she can. So my opinion on it was to lie bet and Drudge after the first round. Cause I think she probably loses round one and then like completely takes over. So like, I do agree with you. I think on wins. I'm not like rushing to light it though. You know what I mean? Uh, Beers and Bowties has a question here for you, Reed. You're taking Mavericks on the spread, but why not sprinkle a little money line? Oh, did I not say I'm sprinkling the money line? I think when you were giving out your picks, I don't think you mentioned money line. Oh, okay. Well, I am. So add that to the But I do remember earlier in the show, you did say there was one game you're going to do spread and money line. Yeah, so so I did a full unit on the Mavs with the points, and I sprinkled half a unit on the money line. I agree. I I do think the Mavs win this one outright, but of course, I'm trying to like protect myself if it's a close game or something. And there is, I will say, there is like some Ewing theory potential with the Mavericks. Like they're bringing Luca back. Everyone thinks they're going to be, you know, much better, obviously, because Luca is a superstar. He's one of the best players in the league, but he is coming off a of cap stream. Maybe he's a little limited. Maybe he kind of stunts the flow that Dimwitty and Brunson have had. So if the Jazz won, I don't think it's the craziest thing, but I do, I obviously, I think that the Mavs are going to win, but I wouldn't be shocked if they lost. So that's why I'm going with the points. Every game has been tight. Um, especially in game one when the Mavs lost, they were basically covering until the last five seconds. And then uh, thank you, Beers and Bowties, for the comment. But I also do think they went out, right, because I think the Jazz, they're one, two, three, Cancun. Mitchell wants out. Snyder's probably looking at, you know, maybe being the Nets head, next head coach, but that's for another day. You, did you say the Ewing theory? Yeah, you don't know about the Ewing theory? 
I don't. I no. Explain the Ewing theory. Oh, I'm once again. I'm hashtag. These are one of the theories. This this is a Bill Simmons theory, so I'm not gonna take it as mine. But in the 1990s, Patrick Ewing got hurt. I believe it was the 1999 season. Patrick Ewing got hurt, and the Knicks proceeded to go on a run. And I believe it's the year they made the finals. But Patrick Ewing, obviously the Knicks' best player, their center, he gets hurt, and basically everyone else like responds and they up their level. Oh, I think I have heard this. And it it became the, so it's basically the, now in simple terms, that's like the origin of it. In simple terms, it's like when your superstar goes down, everyone else raises their level that they become that much better. And they start outperforming expectation. Like it's almost like the loss of the star is overrated. So now you're looking at this. That's why, that's why I like to underreact. That's the thing I kind of do in the NFL. It's a similar theory as the underreact. Like, um, I'm trying to think of some other ones off the top of my head. It's kind of tough to do, but uh, yeah. So like Ewing theory, that's the initial one. And then like Luka Doncic kind of fits the mold of like a Ewing theory. Look at what the Mavericks have done. Like they find their offense, they're in a rhythm now. Now you kind of re-put in Doncic shoot. And that's not to say Doncic is bad or anything, but like maybe it kind of stunts their rhythm a little bit and they kind of lose a little bit of chemistry out there. Well, the Grizzlies were what, like? 19 and 18 and two. Yeah. Moran is a great Ewing theory candidate. And this is again, it's like a negative connotation usually, but like it's not meant to be. It's just like the rest of the guys kind of step up and they play better without them. Example uh, to bring it to hockey when the hurricanes and Leafs were playing a couple years ago and the hurricanes had to go to emergency backup goaltender, a Zamboni driver. And I remember hurricanes and what's that? I remember this game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I put, a ton of money on Leafs live money line because they're still like huge plus money underdogs because the book the live the books didn't react to them putting in a, in a Zamboni driver. Uh, but then the Hurricanes went on to literally play the best defense I've ever seen a team. They were like exactly. diving in front of pucks trying to block everything. It was unbelievable. <laughs> uh, so they, yeah, it was just because they knew that their goalie was literally a Zamboni driver. So they just played like literally the best game of hockey I've ever seen a team play before in my life. So. <laughs> Uh, another just heartbreaking result from me. <laughs> I can't do anything right ever. Um, really quick before we just end the stream, read just read your picks top to bottom if you have them. All right. No Here breakdown, just read the picks. Uh, Rudy Gobert under 29.5 pra, Mavericks plus four and a half, and Mavericks half a unit on the money line. Cameron Else and Clay Guida for two units. And I'm Panthers minus 150 against the Leafs, White Sox, Twins over eight and a half minus 120, Blue Jays money line minus 114, Mets minus one and a half plus 100, Marcine Prechnio minus 120, Claudio Poilis minus 110, and two units on Jessica Andrade minus 200. All right, there's our show. Reed, any any final comments? Uh, go Nets, obviously, and make sure you're tuning in Monday. Daily bet slip starts. Make sure you're checking that out. That's going to be anyone on the team. We're going to have a you know. Ra- like a round robin of sorts, giving out our place for the day, breaking down, you know, NBA playoff slate when the NHL starts, NHL playoff slate, baseball, everything you want. Uh, that's going to be daily bets like Monday to Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you're checking that out. And the first show Monday will be myself and Pete, and then it'll be you and Ben on Tuesday. Let's do it. I'm pumped, man. Let's do it. All right. Go Nets. Go Mets. Let's have a day. Let's do it. Enjoy, everyone. Best of luck with your bets. Uh, tomorrow, Bet and Breakfast will still be going on. It is Ben and Peter tomorrow for tomorrow's episode of Bet and Breakfast on Sunday uh, at 11 a.m. Eastern, so be sure to check that out as well. All right, everyone. Have a good Saturday. We'll talk to you later.